We still have technical difficulties with our uh, system here. So, unfortunately, our spot breaks are not coming through to you. Uh, These things do happen in live broadcasting. But we continue the conversation. Really do appreciate your time with us this evening. The Criminal Asset Recovery Account. Established around 1998 after a constitutional amendment there and came into practice. And it, over the years, has collected a lot of money. I'll tell you this. I looked at the criminal asset uh, um, recovery uh, account financials for the last couple of years. The account only managed in 2019-2020 to to have in it about 3 million rand. That is to say, assets that had been seized or confiscated by um, either the asset forfeiture units, the SIU, or various other state functionaries that pertain to justice, only managed to collect 3 million rand that particular financial year, pertaining very specifically to corruption-related matters according to its financial statements. But last year, that figure skyrocketed to over 2 billion rand. 2 billion rand has been recovered Uh, from the proceeds of corruption-related crimes just last year. What's changed between 2019 and 2023? Crispin Peary is here to answer that for us. Crispin, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Statutorily, what is the Criminal Asset Recovery Account? The Criminal Asset Recovery Account, Oliver, thanks for having me, is an account, like you say, that um, is able to house all the proceeds which are obtained from the proceeds of crime and they're obtained through a unit in the national prosecuting authority called um, asset forfeiture unit and so they are able to ensure that when you hear that uh, for instance a a a corrupt person um, was able to buy a mansion of x amount somewhere using our proceeds our taxpayers money that money is then, or that that property sometimes is then auctioned, and then that money is then uh, put into the criminal asset recovery account. So it's it's really something that speaks for itself, criminal asset recovery accounts. So which are the functionaries that contribute to monies being collected there? I'll tell you why I ask that. Last week I read an article about software company SAP paying a criminal liability uh, penalty fine of two uh, of a billion rand, right? Just about. Um, 750 million rand plus 250 million rand for some other stuff. Effectively, a billion rand that they're paying back to the country. I'm assuming that money is going to go into that account. Um, whose work was that? That was the work of the the, the National Prosecuting Authority through the Asset Recovery, uh, Asset Forfeiture Unit, sorry, um, as well as the collaboration with the Special Investigating Unit. So you would have seen Oliver as well, for example, in matters involving the lottery, for example, um, where a number of uh, assets have been recovered from pro- pro- corrupt proceeds there that people have benefited from. That money will also go into the asset recovery account. No, I don't mention it's names. But I'm people. very you glad mention to mention. Names. I, I don't know names offhand sometimes, but I'm very. I know cases. Is it because um, it's famous for example, people? No, no. I literally I can't think of a name, but I know I know that it's a lottery case. For example, McKinsey as well is a company that has paid money to the asset recovery account. At, um, a number of other companies, but multinational companies such as ABB. You recall the ABB matter in the matter of ESCOM, which um, a multinational company, might I add, 
which has really also um uh you know pillaged our our fight our our at least our sorry what's the state-owned ABB enterprise case? that doesn't ring a bell for me the abb is a multinational company which uh, benefited in a corrupt way from the kusile um construction um where it is believed that uh, some of the abb um executives bribed number of escom executives in order to get the the Kusile and Midupi contracts. In fact, the reason why one also can't mention names is because some of these executives in some of these entities are still under investigation and would be required to present their own cases in court. So the fact that they have settled um, or they have the companies have settled in a particular manner does not exempt them from prosecution. So you will still see further prosecutions to come um, involving some of these entities, ABB being one of them, McKenzie still to come, uh, a number of others. So, you know, it, they, these investigations in many ways are still ongoing, but the first phase is to ensure that we recover um, the taxpayers' money as much as possible. And then from there, we are able to use those proceeds, firstly, to also beef up a number of entities within so the criminal let's just, justice let's, let's system. Put a pause, uh, let's put a pause there. We'll come to what the money is being used for. Why? So if, if a company, if I steal money from ESCOM and then I'm being pursued and then the money is being recovered from me, why does that money go to the asset, uh, asset, uh, the criminal asset recovery account, and not directly to ESCOM? Because that's where the, I stole it, the money, right? Yes. Well, in some ways, um, sometimes one can then determine that the money can go back to ESCOM, but in essence, it goes back to the state because uh, this is all state money at the end of the day, um, and that's that's the best way to ensure that at least there's a point of reference to where we are able to put this money into. So if it goes back straight into the coffers of ESCOM, we are not able to determine, to some extent, the efficacy of our law enforcement institutions. So this is also how we ensure that the asset recovery, um, asset forfeiture unit in the NPA, uh, as a performance measure, is able to account for its work. And more importantly, uh, systemically, it's then been deemed in government that when it recovers this money, it's used as an incentive to reinvigorate the criminal justice system itself. So some of that money goes to endeavors in the criminal justice system. Yeah. Uh, for example, other departments would require certain level of technologies. Even SAPS, for example, would say we need to employ X amount of investigators with X skill, but our budget from National Treasury confines us to this amount can we then um, tap into this recovery fund and expand our capacity? So it creates that incentive for the criminal justice system to fund itself. In yeah. So we, yeah, we'll get to how the money is spent because there's some interesting programs there that I want us to talk about. But I still just want to understand uh, how the fund works. So money then goes into the fund. Who decides, um, who, who has control, uh, fiduciary control over that money? Because it's not National Treasury, it seems. The fiduciary control, quite correctly, Oliver, is by the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. And then ultimately the money is dispensed um, through decision-making uh, process, which is then agreed to by um, the Director Generals and National Commissioners of, uh, firstly, National Commissioners of the South African Police Services, the National Commissioner of um the correctional services as well as the director generals of justice home affairs social development so most people don't know by the way that social development forms part of the criminal justice crime prevention security cluster um, and that is because ultimately um, crime starts at the level of the community so to the extent that you are able to enhance 
social development, you are able to reduce crime. Uh, as well as, yes, National Treasury does sit in that committee so that they're able to have sight of, um, from a National Treasury point of view, uh, yeah. what happens in the criminal, reco- criminal Asset Recovery Fund. So it's all the departments in the Justice, Crime, Prevention, Security cluster as well as National Treasury. So they come together, they're like, okay, we have this much money, what do we spend it on? And suggestions come up and they allocate money. Am I understanding that correctly? No, so the the certain departments would come to say that, look, we have budget constraints. We need, for example... uh, So people come and ask money. Yes, uh, we need um, more helicopters, for example, or we need more investigators if the NPA would come and say we would need more. Or we need uh, this type of technology, which helps us um, more become more efficient at home affairs. Or And, and, the, and departments would bid, and then the, the, um, the director generals would then evaluate the, the bids of various departments and then ultimately make a recommendation to their, their ministers to say, you know, this is, we've evaluated the following projects that have been bidded for by this X department, and we've made a recommendation that this project is one that we believe is most viable and will enhance the criminal justice system as a whole, and then ultimately that gets approved and that amount would get allocated to a particular department. That just, uh, I'm saying this a little facetiously because I don't think there's ill intent in it, but that just sounds like a shadow of national treasury to me. Uh, it sounds like a place you well, ask for really, money and people give you money should they think that you do, you're asking money for the right things, which is entirely what national treasury is for. Which is important. Um, we do need accountability measures and of course any department uh, would want extra money um at any point in time to to complete its programs um so you need to have um fail safe measures to ensure that this money is well accounted for and yeah. as i understand it it's an, it's an audit it's an audit an audit that has been very well accounted for to date so the processes need to ensure that indeed these very finite resources it uh, are allocated accordingly to the best possible project yeah, yeah. In the 2022-2023 annual report of the Department of Justice and Correctional Services, they tell us here that the asset forfeiture unit recovered, uh, obtained recoveries to the amount of $2.63 billion in corruption matters, right? Which is a big deal. But there are also recoveries in crime that is not necessarily corruption related. Sometimes it is recoveries that go to victims. Um, I'm assuming if I come and I steal money from you and then we go to court and eventually that money is recovered and restored to you, it gets ac- it, it gets accounted for on the CARA balance sheet. Talk to us about how th- the v- victim part of recovery works there. Yeah, the victim part of the recovery is, is something that really still does require further systemic development. In fact, uh, to this end, the Department of Social Development, along with correctional services, are looking at something around victim support. Um, to ensure that victims of crime uh, are really uh, sometimes compensated for their losses yeah. um, or sometimes supported because um, a lot of people um, have complained, complained to say that, you know, our criminal justice system is geared towards the perpetrator. So you would take away a perpetrator, house them in a correctional facility, pay for them, feed them, and sometimes um, they argue this incorrectly, educate them, although education is paid for directly by, at least tertiary education is paid for directly by inmates. Um, and so they say, you know, what happens to the victims? So um, this is something that we are still developing quite strongly. But in instances where uh, 
one has lost a car for example um and we are able to recover that if that victim uh, that car can be given back to the victim the, then this process does allow for that yeah. but we would record that as recovering an asset a cr- an asset mm. from 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 a criminal so so this is why for instance um the the number that is being reported as 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 assets recovered from from crimes and corruption proceeds doesn't always match the liquidity of the account itself indeed okay let's talk about then how this money is spent the programs uh again the annual report tells us here that there are a number of sub programs that are being funded here legal aid south africa gets money from here this siu gets money from here the public protector seemingly gets money from here as well south african human rights commission uh the justice modernization project which i don't know much about hopefully you can tell us about that it gets money from this the president's fund gets money from here and i was curious about what the president's fund is and what it does it turns out the president's fund is 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 about reparations coming from the truth and reconciliation commission yet i don't recall in recent times hearing much about work being done there or at least some of that restoration being done the information regulator which is a new statutory a relatively new statutory body to our democracy they too get money from this particular fund um how do they determine uh, these 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 sub programs how do they determine uh, uh, the importance and priorities of it. Yeah, so you hear from that that these are a number of uh, entities within the crime and justice prevention cluster, but sometimes even within the justice family as a whole. So, for example, the information regulator from a constitutional point of view falls under the Department of Justice, um, public protector as well. It's some, all of the entities which advance our constitutional rights and protect our constitutional uh, values um, would also then make a bid to say, you know, in essence, we are here to protect constitutional rights. How do we um, at least cover for our, our our budgetary shortfalls? So you would know that the public protector as well has budget constraints. South African mm. Human Rights Commission, legal aid, um, a very, very, very important uh, entity, one of the best-run entities, might I add, in South Africa, having received clean audit for the past 15 years, consecutively um you know the work that the legal aid does cannot be understated or even overstated incredibly important institution so at some point these institutions would run out of budget and then they are able to say well let's us tap into this criminal asset recovery fund that we need for example more funding to for us as legal aid to be able to reach more flafang villages in south africa or sometimes let's say we need more funding for us to to run our call center, you'd know that um, legal aid can be reached via a toll, toll-free number from anywhere in South Africa. You can call them and, and you'll be able to reach them. This costs money. Um, the President's Fund, I'm very happy to explain that and surprised that you don't know about it. So you would recall from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, one of the recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, famously conferred or called the TRC Commission, is that um, they should be... Um, education benefits given to victims of crime so a number of trc beneficiaries and and i think i don't have the number of hand but it's well in the thousands um receive an allocation from the trc fund for education and tertiary funding tertiary funding as well but also not only that they would also receive uh, uh funding for various other issues for instance housing is something that they also are required to benefit from um, the TRC Commission, but also once of a once of gratuity of, I think it was at the time, 120,000 rand, and this was 
something that was uh, agreed to in the late 2000s. So that was quite a significant amount of money back then. Again, that needs to be funded from somewhere, and it's sometimes not possible to fund all of this directly from the fiscus, because the fiscus itself, Oliver, you would definitely know, heavily constrained and very competitive. So yeah. the, the National Treasury has to allocate to a number of equally compelling competing priorities. Um, so some of these would fall fall by the wayside because there's only so much National Treasury can do. So this criminal asset recovery account is able to pick up uh, those pieces and, and sort of reallocate to very important constitutional imperatives, but also important developments within the criminal justice system. For example, the Justice Modernization sure, Project. Sure, talk to me about that. What um, is that? Yeah, the Justice Modernization Project as well is part of those. You would have seen that um, currently in, in the Department of Justice. One of the things we've modernized is the Master's Office. Uh, we now have an online system to file estates. Um, that needs to be funded from somewhere. We now have an online system as well for trusts and and so on. So that falls under some of those initiatives. But broadly, we have something called the Integrated Criminal Justice System, and that is also under um, um, the Justice Modernization System, which enables the departments to speak to each other from a systemic point of view. So, for example, there's something called the Personal Identity Verification Application. If you go to to the South African police services and they take your fingerprints, they're able to literally biometrically verify you against the National Population Register at the Department of Home Affairs in real time. So you go there, you put your fingerprint, and it then shows this is Oliver Dixon and your ID number pops up from the Home Affairs database. That is something that is also under development and I think is available across 1,000 600 odd or 1,063 police stations across the country where SAPS is able to verify the individuals before them using this level of technology. And others are being developed as well, leading into correctional services. So that same system will have to build into correctional services. So in the event that someone is um, arrested by SAPS, by the time they get to correctional services, we are no longer querying what your identity is. We have a system in place where you just come and we're able to biometrically evaluate you yeah so you know, those are some of the projects that are, are in the system and like i say this costs money yeah um, and and you would want the core budget of the department to be funding very very core functions personnel um systems here and there but ultimately also funding um the core programs of the department and where there are these very strategic initiatives we're able to quote unquote yeah draw onto the criminal asset recovery fund. Send us a WhatsApp voice note 0614-104-107. 0614-104-107. I'm also going to take your WhatsApp voice notes over there. You can give us a call on 086-000-2032. Let's have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note. Hi, Oliver and your guest. Uh, from how I've, I see it, the problem lies with uh, the state acquiring victimhood from the victim uh, so when you when an offender offends the state then says you have offended the state then you forget the victim i think that that's the very problem with the whole uh, justice system there should be a recognition of the victim and how to restore the victim to his or his or her original 
state before the crime uh, because uh, recovering assets uh, when someone has been uh, killed and uh, his car stolen uh, his money has been already chowed is not gonna help yeah uh, you, you have to you have to accept uh, Crispin, that's a fair point to make right if the state is going to seize the assets of edwin Sordi because of an asbestos deal in the free state that had robbed the people of free state of their dignity one has to ask why that money or those assets that have been seized confiscated and forfeited over there isn't spent uh squarely focusing on restoration to that community or to those victims very specifically yeah what you're speaking about is what we call reparations um, no, 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 i'm not speaking about moment, reparations i'm it, speaking about i'm speaking is, about, about, rest, I'm speaking about restoration take, here no it's reparations to the, to the extent that you're able to compensate the victims of a particular offense it's a reparation legally um as a, currently we don't have such a regime but more importantly, the, the whole process at some level is accountability and ensuring that the beneficiary of the crime is adequately penalized. Because you would recall that, let's take someone like the individual you have mentioned, incarceration alone. You, you can say it's not it Edwin Sodi. He's a suspect. Not, nothing bad will happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, rip, um, incarceration in and of itself is one aspect of. of um, the criminal justice system, but we need to ensure that those ill, ill, pro, ill, those ill, illy gotten proceeds <laughs> are able to reinvigorate the criminal justice system so that it's more effective. So there are a number of trade-offs that we have to make here, but I do concede that I think, and, and that's why I mentioned the victim support bill that is being yeah. um, uh, uh, piloted and also being put forward by the Department of Social Development in particular is an important step. Um, in our legal regime to ensure that we are able to address the plight of victims of a particular crime. Uh, just lastly, Crispin, in the 30 seconds we have left, 2019-2020 value of recoveries relating to corruption or related offences was 3 million rand. In 2022-2023, it was 2.6 billion rand. It's an astronomically bigger number than 3 million rand. The asset forfeiture unit says a large recovery was made by using alternative dispute resolution mechanisms. Is that a cop-out? It's definitely not a cop-out. It's, as you can see, it's value for money, where the NPA is able to say to a particular entity, collaborate with us, give us all the information that you have, and pay a particular amount for our findings, or we will prosecute you as a company and your directors. And and we've seen that it's a strategy that works um, in SAP, uh, the company, a US-run company, or, and, and also German links, um, we've seen that massive 2.2 billion rand payout. But also, most importantly, um, information will be given to the National Prosecuting Authority to enable the prosecution. Like I said, in ABB, we've seen the same. Um, and that's why you've seen, I mean, this is almost a 300% increase in um, the CARA account funds. So it's definitely a, a, a strategy that works, but most importantly, yeah. it doesn't compromise the possibility of a prosecution. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening, Crispin. Really do appreciate it. Crispin Peary, spokesperson to the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services and Constitutional Development, Minister Ronald Mula.